everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Global Shop Solutions ERP Software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swings of Be a Draft podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined always by the great Cooper Klein and the wonderful Stone Hansen, and a special guest, uh, Hunter Cruz, at HunterCruz14, uh, one of my best friends on Twitter, and someone who does a lot of work I really like about both the WNBA and uh, the NBA draft stuff. So uh, we're, we're really excited to have him on. It feels like we're starting the 2022 cycle. I was telling the guys before uh, I started recording, you know, I went and bought a new notebook. You know, I'm, I'm breaking out the paper. I'm very excited to just be uh, fully 2023. I said 2022, didn't I? 2023 cycle. Uh, man, my my brain is not working. Uh, long Labor Day weekend, I suppose. But before we get too into what we're doing, what we're going over, Hunter, my friend, how you doing? Doing all right. How are y'all? How are y'all doing? Doing well so far. So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Really excited getting back into the swing of things. Uh, you know, I finally got to feel like I'm scouting again, you know, felt, felt really, really good. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk about this group of guys and a fun SEC team. Yeah. And, and that does bring us kind of to the topic. Um, and that's Alabama. Uh, Hunter does a lot of work covering Alabama. He's, he's, uh, does great stuff. Um, you know, all around, like I mentioned, WNBA stuff, NBA, uh, college stuff. There's a lot to like from him. Uh, six and 36 Hawks collective and his YouTube channel, all things you can go follow. And um, I, I like to talk to him a lot specifically about Alabama prospects because he has a very close knowledge. He follows that team closely. Um, So Hunter, I wanted to ask you kind of before we get uh, too into things with the prospects themselves, what do you think of, of, of NATO's scheme kind of what he does as a coach and, and how do you feel he kind of sets prospects or doesn't set prospects up for the NBA? So we've seen it with guys like Daryl Morey, where they're basing their philosophy around analytics to where the basis of the system is prioritizing paint touches. So we've seen with guys like um, Javon Quinterly, Kyra Lewis, these guards that can just get to the rim and that's that can open up and complement it with three-pointers. Um, and then like, I feel like what, what separates Nate Oates from other guards is the freedom he gives. There's not a lot of like set plays we'll see with some colleges where they're running these um like complex systems. It's very, very fluid. Um, um and there's just a lot of freedom for guys to make plays. Yeah, I think um sort of how I would describe it is it's it's very sort of uh pick and roll based in some ways, but not even necessarily pick and roll as the primary action as much as it's pick and roll as the action to kind of set things up. You set up, you run a pick and roll to get Javon Quinterly downhill, and then you have other guys moving and, and uh, shaken to kind of get open off that. And then you have tilted floors to attack uh, and stuff like that. So uh, what do you think about how, you, you know, Alabama, the, like Kira Lewis is sort of maybe the best example, uh, Josh Primo recently as well. How do you think they kind of uh, set guys up for the league, what do you think um, of Oates being able to put guys in good situations to develop into NBA players? Specifically with um, Josh Primo, his role in college wasn't anything complex. Um, with Kyra, he came in after Avery Johnson, so he was the lead guard. I feel like those situations are so different, but at the same time, it just like kind of shows how he can develop in many ways to where you have your primary guard. You also have, like, off guards, like with Primo Ellis as well, who's a Juco recruit. So I just think that diversity of players he can bring in, and that, that kind of, like, goes back to the freedom he gives guys, just, like, certain situations, um, putting them up to success. Um, that's kind of how he – I would say he he looks at draft prospects on his team. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I think we're going to see uh, an uptick as time goes on under Oates in – sort of uh producing more and more and more nba players i you know i overlooked i think the most successful you would argue is is herb jones even though he didn't go in the first round uh obviously that was a huge huge get for for um oats and developing him into the nba player he is that's a little different we'll talk about kind of how he develops forwards with the first guy we're going to talk about and that's brandon miller uh brandon miller listed at six nine um maybe we can talk about that height listing in a little bit played high school at cane ridge uh, and played for the Brad Beal elite. 
uh, in AAU, played with guys like Nick Smith and Jeremy Fierce uh, and my guy, Connor Turnbull, um, in, in AAU. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think there's some, there's definitely a lot of intrigue here. I think you're going to see him ranked as high as probably seven, eight on some draft boards in the next little bit because uh, what his theoretical skill set is. Um, so Hunter, I'm going to throw this back to you. Kind of what is the elevator pitch for Brandon Miller as a lottery type prospect? So the pitch with Miller is just a fluid shot creating forward where we're seeing with these, I wouldn't say he's a complete jumbo creator, but just his ability to do a bunch of different things in the court is um, desirable for teams. And we'll kind of see that at Alabama where he's going to play in that Herb Jones type role where he's going to be able to maximize um, like his ability. Cause I think, I think what the benefit of being in Oates' system is his ability to maximize like second side creation, um, attacking off closeouts in this driving kick system. But um, I think Miller does have that, have that upside as being a um, lottery guy. It's very dependent though, on which freshmen stand out in that middle of the package. There's so many players in that area, but I think he should be up there with the top of them just because he's going to be a high usage guy, I would say. And if he performs on a national stage, there's no reason he shouldn't be a high draft pick. Yeah, I found Miller really interesting. I thought he was kind of the tale of, of, of two players in some ways because the flashes, like the moments where he looks good, look really good. Um, the two-foot leaping is, is really top tier. Like when he can load up, he can bring that thing way back for some major tomahawk dunks, two hands, uh, you know, everything like that uh, takes a second to load. Like he's not the quickest leaper, but uh, two foot leap leaping is excellent. Um, the shot isn't like the traditional wing shot. I found that kind of interesting. You see a lot of wings who sort of develop shots later in life um, kind of have higher release points, uh, not as sort of smooth energy transfer as Miller has like Miller the release is kind of low. It's kind of, it's not like super low, like in front of his face, but it's not as high as you'd maybe expect, but the energy transfer from pickups that around his knees, his hips into the shot, really, really smooth, really quick. And I think that's part of why he's so good as a pull-up shooter. Um, so Coop, I wanted to throw this to you. What did you think of Miller's all around scoring game? Yeah. I mean, like you said, the flashes were super interesting. I thought his best attempts at the rim were a hundred percent dunks uh his touch wasn't the most impressive uh like he would <clears throat> miss a lot of stuff right at the rim or just a lot of shots that looked really good would just kind of clang off the backboard uh in a way that wasn't great uh but i really like the shift like he has a lot of natural just shift in the way he moves and he's big and long and athletic and, you know, those flashes of shot making make him super cool because he can, you know, he can get up and get a shot almost, you know, maybe not over everybody, but because the release is so low and it takes him a second to get so high, but because he's so big and, you know, so fluid, uh, it's, it's super potentially interesting, but it's not something that you saw get put together as much as you would want to see uh, in the film. Uh, you know, maybe it'll come together more at Alabama. It might take a few more years. You know, the flashes were great. We'd just love to see more consistency in everything other than the dunking and some of the shot making. Yeah, I think pulling together those disparate elements is really sort of what I'm looking to see from him. It's not going to all come together as freshman year, but um, I think the shot could potentially be like like a leap, but he has to get more comfortable uh, off the catch. He's kind of a little slow to get into it. He sometimes likes to do that, like, like catch, jab, jab, then shoot. But that allows the defender to, to clear space. Um, I think he's like, he's like impressively comfortable with negative momentum and leans, um, whether it be step backs or like fadeaway type shots. Uh, it really shows up in the mid range. Uh, uh, Brad Bill elite would run him off, of, you know, some, some Iverson cuts where he would just catch, you know, at about 17 feet, turn and shoot with a fade. And it looked pretty good. Um, you know, expanding that out could be nice. Uh, interested to just see what it looks like, how he looks um, in, in Oates' system. And, and Hunter, you mentioned that he's going to get a lot of opportunities to attack off the catch. Uh, and I just 
what are you kind of hoping to see from from Miller as a scorer this year? Are you kind of hoping he maybe develops into that go-to guy? Are you happy if he's just an efficient third scorer? Like what what are you looking for from Miller this year? So I think, so I think the hope is going to be that go-to guy, guy but um, it's it's choppy it again. Over, is, it, is it really? Yeah. Damn. It's weird because it's like every like five minutes or something. It just like that's fine for a little bit, and then it just goes back to that for some reason. Yeah, like when you got it fixed, like it sounded really good. Like it sounded. Bad luck. It's still choppy. Yeah, it's still choppy. Yeah. Is still bad? Nope, sounds good now. All right, <laughs> go ahead from uh, what you're expecting for Miller as a score. So with Brandon Miller as a scorer, um, I don't necessarily think he's going to be, like, yielded in from day one to have, um, like, take over the offense immediately. But there's there's definitely some expectation just by how his performance was throughout the summer and the foreign tour. Um, just getting more comfortable as a scorer because, like, I'm pretty sure he was in public high school in Tennessee, so it wasn't like he was playing on some big circuit, um, some big, like, prep circuit. So he still has a ways to go there, and he's obviously still getting stronger and dealing with contact in that way. So I don't think he's going to be, like, right away the number one guy. But there's definitely hopes there. Like you mentioned, um, off Iverson cuts, I think Oates did that with Herb as well and John Petty a couple years prior. Um, I think he'll be utilized in a similar way as Herb, but not like completely the same though. Cause he's just not an all world defender like Herb. Yeah. I think, I think um, how Herb was using the offense is sort of an interesting comp for Miller. If, uh, if Herb was, was uh, a more reliable spot up shooter and, and kind of an electric pull up shooter, if he really hits, um, I think Miller is one of those college players that I, I kind of waffle between because I think there's major downside with how his freshman year could look. Uh, we've seen these sort of scoring wings who um, have kind of been asked to do one thing and one thing only uh, struggle with that transition to the next level. But I also think that he chose a perfect scheme fit for him. And that's what I'm really interested to see is just how Oates uses him next to the guards who, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Coop, I want to throw this to you. How did you feel about uh, Miller as kind of a playmaker for others? Uh, he operated in the offense very differently between high school and, and AAU. So uh, how did you feel about that in general? Yeah, so I mean, skill set wise, uh, I mean, I was really impressed with like the flashes of playmaking again. I mean, a lot of his best moments, uh, I watched mainly his AAU stuff and like the the chase down blocks and the shooting passing lanes and just getting out in transition was really, really nice, but he spent just a bit too much time like recovering and he would be like a step slow on his weak side rim uh, rotations than I would like, especially because a lot of the time it's he's close enough to make a play. If he was like, even like if he was half a step closer or he was, half a step faster as a jumper, he would be able to make a play on the ball. Uh, and I liked all that stuff. Uh, sometimes he would uh, just in rotation, get a little bit lost. 
But for the most part, I really liked his playmaking and just his ability to, to get out, use his long arms, use his length, uh, and use it in different ways. I thought just, you know, being able to create both steals and blocks, uh, even though it's not in the best way, you know, in recovery. I enjoyed a lot of his flashes in that way. Yeah, I thought the the defensive playmaking was interesting. Um, I I really feel like there is a, a slight field deficit there right now. And I just don't, I, f- I felt like this on offense too, which he's not going to be a primary ball handler most likely. So I don't think it's a huge issue that he's not a great passer right now, but uh, I thought specifically on defense, like there were quite a few times where I thought he was a step or two behind where I thought he should be, especially um, if he was at the top of the key, uh, just sort of missing help responsibilities. Like, uh, you know, someone tags the role, someone, uh, you know, he doesn't zone up when someone tags the role or, or stuff like that. Like, like little things like that uh, go, go a long way towards, uh, like he doesn't have to be great, right? Reading the game because he is six nine and a good athlete. He just has to be adequate, and he can be a good playmaker. And I just, I just, I would like to see that take a step up. Uh, Hunter, how did you feel about Brandon Miller's playmaking? And then just in general, kind of where he is overall defensively, and what you expect for Miller year one. So, so like with Miller on defense, he wasn't always locked, and I would say just inst- instincts. Um, but the tools are there. Um, I think he has the potential to be solid on ball. Um, good athlete. I think I think with um with Miller overall in defense, I don't know if he's gonna be an anchor for sure. No, probably not. I think he's just solid, solid um rotationally. I think that's kind of like the ideal role for him, considering the main intrigue with him is his offense. So if he can just be good on defense instead of being elite, I think that's fine overall. Yeah, and- I think. Pettyaka is there too to be the anchor, so we all know that to be true. Stone, we're not there yet. You can wait on your Pettyaka propaganda. Um, but I actually was going to throw it to you, Stone. Uh, I know you haven't you haven't watched a ton. You've kind of had a busy week, but I just want to ask you kind of your general impressions of Miller. What you're expecting from him this freshman year, and and if there's anything we didn't mention that you wanted to say. Uh, to be honest, I haven't even watched like a minute of him, so I don't have personal expectations based upon anything I've seen because it's been nothing so far but based upon how people are talking about him just in general uh I mean it, it sounds like he should be someone hopefully that's prioritized within the offense and, and given the opportunities um I'm really interested to see how he plays alongside someone else we're going to talk about with Javon Quinterly and hopefully um, maybe having someone that's more of an outlet offensively can help make him more of a, a passer. Um, so I'm interested in that dynamic. But um, as far as Miller specifically, it's it's hard for me to really pinpoint my expectations without having really seen him up to this point. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think the one thing I want to see is if Oates can, can or, and his staff, I shouldn't just say Oates, if Oates and his staff can get him to just like learn to fix his stride length stuff because he is really bad at like varying stride lengths to maintain advantages and get to the rim like even when he blows by someone his steps are so short uh at times that defenders can recover really easy and force him to take really bad looking floaters like if he could just learn to veer finish into someone watch some kelsey plum tape uh and, and just get right into someone before finishing like Stuff like that would go a long way. I think some of the issues, too, that he's not comfortable with his left, but he's more dominant driving towards his left than his right, if that makes sense. Like, that's kind of uh, – it's interesting. I found his I found his tape really interesting. Miller's one of those guys who I have circled as, like, the most – I have the most to learn on. I feel like I, I'm not super confident with my evaluation based just on his high school stuff. I think seeing him at Alabama is going to be huge for determining exactly what he can look like going forward. But uh, I think, I think that's probably about all Coop Hunter. Do you guys have anything else to say on, on Miller before we move on? Yeah. Like you said, I think with guys like Miller, it can go either way. Like we see with guys like Peyton Watson, we've seen in the past last year, um, just these lengthy scores, like high recruits, not all of them hit, but I think the difference with Miller is he's going to have more opportunity at Alabama. Um, like you said, though, his his explosiveness, his first step, I don't think is as impressive as you'll see with him hitting him getting to the rim himself. 
jumping off two feet. But if he can just like clear, clean up some of that stuff, um, but he he creates space well. Um, the size allows him to rise up over defenders with ease. Um, he's he's an interesting prospect. I'm I'm still trying to learn and see where he's at because um, it's hard it's hard to have high expectations for freshmen, especially in college. With especially when they're skinny like him and they're not, um, like Apollo dominant athlete. Yeah, it's it's just I yeah I I think he chose the right place. I think if there's one last thing I want to say on Miller. I think he chose the right spot to at least like we're going to see. I think we're really going to see what he looks like. Um, all right, let's move on to Jaden Bradley out of IMG Academy. And uh, he played for CP3 Elite um, for AAU. Uh, he was someone who I think I came away a really big fan of. Uh, Hunter, I'll throw this to you just real fast. What's kind of the, the elevator pitch for Jaden Bradley? So Bradley, just like a super steady point guard, um, more traditional in a sense. He's uh, kind of steers away from what we've seen with the Oates point guards, but like Javon Quinto and Kyra, they're very um, on the leaner side where um, Bradley's more bulkier, can kind of navigate screens better, um, can, be, can be more utilized as um, point of attack defender. I think that's kind of like the intrigue with him as well towards that like Geico area of this of the cycle. But he's intriguing. Uh, he'll share reps with um, Mark Sears and then uh, Javon Quinn when he comes back around December, January, at that time period. So he'll have his opportunity to show himself before, um, yeah, they get their veteran back. Yeah, I think my hope is that he just looks really good early so that, uh, you know, I, I like him quite a bit more than Sears, like even now, uh, which I, I've watched – probably more Sears than I, than I should admit. I've watched quite a bit of Mark Sears and I, I, I don't think he's an NBA guy. He's probably a solid SEC, you know, point guard ish, but uh, I really like Bradley's upside. Um, I think the place to start is definitely with, you mentioned that kind of consummate point guard. Um, he runs a really, really nice pick and roll. Um, and I think he's also a good, what, what I liked about him is it's not just steady pick and roll reads. It's also, I thought he was a really good passer on the move. Like, like there were quite a few plays in his tape where uh, he, he cuts down the baseline. There's a big in his way, so he can't finish, but he stops steady dumps off to trace Walker or one of the other crazy athletes on, uh, on that team, uh, the IMG team uh, really good at seeing shooters as a passer, like just excellent at waiting, waiting. Okay. Jet Howard's open finds Jet Howard or, uh, you know, a couple of the other guys on their team. He's really good at being patient, letting an off-ball play work. IMG runs a lot of down screens um, to get shooters open. Uh, he's really good at waiting on those while still holding the big in a pick and roll uh, and then finding the shooter. So I, I just really like his overall point guard play. I think, uh, I think it could potentially be NBA level. It's always hard sometimes to, uh, dis like, like, find the distinction between NBA kind of backup point guard type versus just really good college player. I think we've seen those struggles before. Um, you know, Peyton Pritchard is someone I never thought would make it in the NBA. He looks like he's at least kind of an NBA player. Malachi Flynn is someone I was really high on and he hasn't quite hit yet. So it's like the question of where Bradley falls in that is still sort of open to me, but I really liked him. I kind of liked him more than his IMG teammate, Keontae George, but uh, we won't get too deep into that right now. Coop, how did you feel about Jaden Bradley's kind of point guard play as a whole? Yeah, I was a really big fan. I really liked, like you were talking about, the, the more point guardy aspects of his game where he's running that pick and roll. But what really made me uh, just love, love his game is how he would play off ball. He was constantly moving. He would set screens uh, and he would direct guys around a lot. Uh, there were a lot of times where IMG was just constantly moving. Guys would bump into each other. Uh, and Bradley just knew his way around that both on and off ball. He would direct guys, uh, get them to their spots. He was able to get to his spots. He could calm down, uh, you know, the offense whenever it was, you know, or the defense, whenever it was, you know, it just wasn't working. Uh, he's got, he's like shifty and he has an like a kind of powerful handle. Uh, and he's really good at just getting to the rim with weird stuff. Like he has weird pickup points. He has like weird angles that he takes. Uh, he just sees the defense in a way that you want a point guard to, and then also 
plays off ball and can make great one-handed passes and just uh, sees the defense in the way that you want him to. Uh, you know, solid tough shot maker, solid touch around the rim, uh, just exactly who you want to see in a point guard. And I'm really interested to see you're kind of combining the two Nate Oates guard archetypes in Jaden Bradley with the off ball shooter kind of guy and the Jaden Shackelford and the get to the rim and, you know, just do something from their archetype and, uh, you know, putting them into one. Yeah, I think there is a bit of that. Um, Matt, uh, what's that? Jack of all trades, master of none uh, with with Bradley. And that does kind of worry me. He's not he's not an elite athlete. I actually think the first step is is kind of really good. Uh, he blows by guys pretty consistently. And it kind of surprised me because he is not finishing above the rim ever. Like uh, he, he'll get some transition dunks, but he's never really putting anyone on on posters or anything like that. He's not that type of point guard. He's very much below the rim finisher. He kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, AJ Hogard if Hogard was a better pull up shooter, um, which that's a damn good player. I think that might be an NBA player. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of intrigue there. Hunter, I want to throw this back to you. How do you feel about Bradley as like like what role do you think he'll fill? with with Alabama in NATO's offense so I think to start the season like I said we'll, we'll be without um Javon but he'll probably be sharing reps with Mark Sears sometimes with a two-guard lineups so it's kind of like a, a staple we've seen but also handling the ball I think he'll have an opportunity to run like high picking rolls um get downhill and just make those like wraparound passes to kick to like corner shooters um whether it's like Namari one, one of the other guys but it could go either way, though. I could, I could see him struggling early on and then just kind of, like, just not falling down the rotation as we enter, like, SEC play because the point guard position can be tough. It's, like, with same with centers. Um, adjusting to the college level can be tough. And uh, I think he, ha- he has the intrigue with um, just his steady play. But it's a matter of improving his aggression and his efficiency as a shooter. But the shot looks solid. I mean, he could be a valuable player. I'm not sure I would buy him as um, a first-rounder, but I think he has a chance to be a one-and-done caliber player yeah. if he chooses. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, with you. I Like I said, I really like Bradley. It is a little hard to find, like, who, like, which point guards of the past few years, like, are not special at anything, but still go one and one, one and done top 30. Like there's, that's not really like a precedent that's been set. Usually you kind of expect guys like Bradley to stay in college a couple of years. That just kind of tends to be how it goes. But I really, really do like Bradley. I think there's a lot of upside here. I think um, having a point guard who can consistently run pick and roll and have that be an efficient source of offense while also, again, the shot off the catch is kind of a question. He, he just doesn't take it very much. Like he does not like to shoot off the catch. Fine. Taking it off the dribble, super comfortable getting into that type of shot, but off the catch, he likes to wait for the defense to close out, blow by, or if they don't close out, okay, come set me a screen. He doesn't really like to shoot off the catch. And I think that's kind of a, a big question for me is, um, can he get to a point where he does that consistently enough? Uh, because if so, I think you're talking about a really consummate uh, point guard and the type that I would be. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see. I, I hope he plays a ton. Like, I, I just want to see him. I mean, fuck it, run, run four guard lineups with with him, JQ, uh, Sears and Burnett and just go crazy. Like, uh, I, I, I think you know, whatever. That's an awesome offensive group probably. And I, I just really like Bradley. He's on a team that's full of guards who expect to play. Um, of course he's hurt by Quinterly being injured right now and not coming back until uh, winter, but uh, you know, I hope he can prove himself early, kind of get a steady part in the rotation, even if it does a sixth man uh, and look to be either a one and done or maybe a two and done. But uh, I really do like his game. Coopstone Hunter, do you guys have any kind of final thoughts on Bradley before we move on? I'm excited to see some Betiaco and Bradley pick and roll. Um, but no, I do think that when he gets downhill specifically, like it's so much fun just to watch him. I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching this team throughout this season. Um, and I really, uh, I didn't see a ton of him, but from what I did see, I was very impressed with how quickly he can adapt to what's moving around him when he gets downhill 
um, once he gets like to the free throw line or, or a little bit past it, how quickly he th- he sees things move and is able to adapt to that and get the ball um, to the open man within that really quick sequence. So I'm excited to watch him and, um, you know, hopefully he ends up being um, an NBA player. Sweet. All right. I think that's probably good on uh, Bradley. Let's move on to one of the more, I, I would say, hard to pin down players on this Alabama team, and that's Namari Burnett. Uh, Burnett is listed at 6'4", 190. Um, he's 20 years old. This is technically going to be his, I guess you would probably call it his redshirt sophomore year, right? He, he spent one year at Texas Tech, transferred to, uh, to Bama, missed all last season, uh, was a highly touted high school recruit, kind of set to probably start for this team or at least get a chance to start, uh, depending on how these these preseason workouts have kind of shaken out. Uh, Hunter, do you want to kind of give us the – the sell on Burnett. So I think when Namari, I think just his utility in so many ways is probably his best intrigue. Um, just kind of like being able to fit in certain in many different situations and roles, but he, he, I think he's just super instinct. He's super great instincts. Um, his motor. Yeah. It's kind of, it kind of looks like a big man shot, um, super wide base, kind of a set shot and kind of way out in front of his face. He seems like he has long arms he kind of he's kind of built like Taylor Horton Tucker, and uh, similarly to Taylor Horton Tucker, the shot is kind of way out in front of his face with a lot of wrist action. I'm not sure I buy it in current vintage how it looks right now, but he did have a year off, and if there's one thing having a year off can sometimes help with, it's that jumper. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see how that how that looks for him because. It uh, definitely feels like the swing skill. Uh, do you, is there anything else you want to hit on real fast with the with the elevators uh, pitch on Namari Hunter? So I do know he led the team in shooting before his injury, and that team had like many solid shooters on that team. But he he led he led them in shooting prior to his injury. Um, take it with a grain of salt, but um, there's value into being having two years into a system that values shooting to the level that NATO does. Taking like Herb Jones from a complete non-shooter to at least taking them, I think Namari will be able to fill a, a role that's valuable enough, whether it's shooting, attacking, attacking off the bounce. I think he brings value in so many ways. Yeah, I think the thing I want to hit on first is sort of that defense and the defensive playmaking. Uh, Coop, I know this is kind of your bag. I was fairly impressed with, with Namari uh, on that end. He's a big, strong body, and he really likes to uh, – kind of push guys around to get him to lose the ball sometimes. Like he definitely like some of his steals that I've seen like borderline fouls, but you know, it works for him because he's, he's just stronger than some guys and, and uh, he can poke balls loose and, and get out in transition. Um, so how did you feel about his defensive playmaking coup? I mean, I was a big fan. He was, his athleticism really popped in an interesting way. Uh, and he had a 3.5 block rate uh, for, a 6'4 dude, which is pretty impressive. I mean, he has pretty long arms, uh, but then a 4.8 steal percent, uh, which is just kind of ridiculous. Uh, one out of every 20 plays, he's on the ground, he's on the floor, he's getting a steal. And uh, most of the time he gets one of those, he's running out in transition, getting an easy breakaway slam. Uh, you know, he's just able, he's like an unconventional athlete because he's he almost looks kind of robotic but then he can just kind of dash into these tight spaces and, you know, get blocks and steals and just show up wherever the ball is and make a play on it. Uh, it's really impressive. And he's really good at turning those opportunities into offense. And, you know, the, you could do the, the, the 2k little bit, like the, you know, when you turn your defense into offense, blah, 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 blah. But uh, yeah, I, I was impressed with the defensive playmaking. I, I don't know how much of that is. I mean, going to stay at Bama because going from Texas Tech to Bama is, you know, it's a, it's a different, it's two different kinds of defense. You know, you're playing two very different schemes, especially Texas Tech back in 2021. Uh, but I'm really intrigued to see how NATO uses him and hopefully unleashes him because those are some pretty impressive stocks numbers and he's just an impressive athlete in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think in general, the thing I'm interested to see is just kind of what he does offensively because I think um Oates has proven that he kind of values that type of defender uh I think I think Burnett could probably play the three this year like if you wanted to start 
Quinterly and Sears next to each other. Uh, I mean, Burnett is probably about the same height as Keon Ellis, uh, you know, stockier. Ellis was great for them last year. He was an excellent uh, kind of rotation defender who uh, could hit shots. And, and if Burnett can kind of fill that role, again, the shot is kind of the question, but I, I do like him as a driver. He, he doesn't have a great handle, but he's just so strong and he's a pretty good two foot leaper uh, and two foot leaping is something I, I trust to come back after an ACL injury, one foot leaping, one foot burst kind of takes a little longer, I think, but just that, that pure two foot explosion, I think, uh, I think he'll be fine. So I, I think there's some upside there. Hunter, what do you kind of expect from, from Burnett in general this year uh, for Bama? So, yeah, I expect him to fill um, more of an off ball role. I don't think he's going to be given a high usage, probably less than 20% usage, I would, I would, I would guess, but which is still valuable though, because um, Keon got so many three point looks in that role. I think it hits like him, him and Dom, Dom Welch transfer from a San Bonaventure. I think both of them will be on the wings, mainly as, as wing shooters, but also attacking closeouts, having those bigger bodies on the wing, I think will be beneficial. I don't think he's uh, probably a prospect this year. He probably needs another year of just proved himself where we can have like a more high usage role coming from that injury, just super tough, but I like him long-term. He puts it, if he can put it all together over these next few years, just continue to develop because that ACL injury can really stunt your growth, especially because he had a year off from Texas tech as well. Cause they didn't really play. So it's just an adjustment I would say. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it goes. I'm interested to see if he starts. I'm interested to see what his minute load looks like. Uh, he's one of the more, let's say kind of up in the air players on this roster. Um, we'll circle back to JQ. I want to move on to Charles Pediaco because I want to hear Stone wax poetic. Uh, but first, Hunter, I, I don't think you're as optimistic as Stone, but I want to throw this to you first. What's kind of the the elevator pitch sell for Bediaco? I'd probably say he's young, lengthy drop defender with like rim running intrigue. Like his block rate's pretty insane. He finishes seventy plus percent from the from the free, from the rim. I'm not too in on him. I would say Stone probably would uh, take this over. Yeah, I mean, for people that have listened to us for a while, there's only so many different ways that I can say I like Bediaco, especially because he has such a limited skill set. Like, there's only so many different ways you can make it sound good. But um, he is like. I mean, he's a rim runner. That's essentially what he is. And I just really think that he's good at two things, which is um, getting to the rim and finishing from the dunker spot and being a rim protector. And I think that if you're looking for that, in the, if you can get that in the second round, that's a good value for someone that does two things really, really well um, and a sort of diminishing skill set, but something that I think can still be valuable as a backup big. So um, I, I'm i not like saying that he's a first round pick or anything, but um, I do think that there's value to be had somewhere in the second as a backup big man um, that gets overlooked. Yeah. Uh, so I looked it up just uh, real fast. Betty Ako's statistical profile, really interesting. 68.3% uh, true shooting shot only 62% from the line, which brings that down, but just, really efficient um turnover rates a little high for me uh with him being he such will a limited say, player. i will i will say that he attempts passes the most tradition like that archetype if you will don't really attempt um which is a sort of a double-edged sword i think um because uh i like that he is willing to take those attempts and i think that some of those passes actually look really good but at other times it's just not there and he tries to force things. So um, refining that I think will, will be sort of another step in his development this year, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, all, and all I'm hearing from this is that stone likes nothing more than bigs that attempt passes, but don't make them. So See, that's I mean, why he, that's why he doesn't oh, yeah. like Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, Dickinson exactly. actually that's, makes passes. That's so, why he likes uh, Drew Timmy and Oscar Sheepway. So no, I mean, uh, <laughs> some other, I, I, I think the 2% steal rate is really nice for a uh, big, like that's really solid. I'm guessing, um, you know, just kind of making plays and passing lanes, poking stuff away from, from bigs in the post works for me. I like that. Uh, that, that 9% block rate is also great. I think we're, what I'll say about Betty uh, is I think we're going to know this year if he's a prospect, 
he's going to be a prospect this year. If he's not, I, I don't think there's so much he's going to develop that by his senior year, that's when he's a prospect, when he's 22 years old and uh, the intrigue of his youth and getting him in a true NBA system early is gone. Uh, I think we're going to know he's going to be, let me see, his birthday is uh, March 10th, so kind of a couple months before the draft, so he'll be 21 at time of draft. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to know if he's ready. Okay. He's, he's ready this year. He looks really good defensively. Uh, I think there's a chance he's one of the best defensive players in the sec. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Shibway will get defensive player of the year or whatever, because he gets defensive boards, but, uh, you know, Onyeka Kongu also never made a pack football defensive team. So you, you don't trust that stuff too much, but, um, I, I really think there's a chance he's the best defender in the SEC this year. And if that's the case, and I haven't looked a ton at his leaping, uh, if he's a quick leaper or slow leaper, that tends to be my turnoff point with, with rim runners. Like, that's why I was so low on Mark Williams. It's like, oh, he takes forever to load up. I'm not interested. I want guys who can get on top of the rim like that. Uh, Hunter, maybe you can speak to this more than me. Uh, does he kind of get up quick? Is he a bit more of a load leaper? Uh, I don't think he's yet. I, I would say he's closer to that. Um, there was a joke where like he just wouldn't dunk. I don't know if it was it was, it was more of like an eye test thing, but it's just like it felt like every time he'd get the ball, he'd either it would be so like un how would I word it? It, it would it would just be so unimpressive for a seven footer where he just kind of like just kind of drops it in. He likes to think... gather before he yeah. like, goes up. He likes to take that one power dribble or do that one like step extra pivot step thing, um, which. It's annoying, but at the same time, like it's fixable stuff. I think like it's it's not it's not something that's sort of make or break for me as a prospect of but, a backup big caliber. But my thing is though, he was already super light and he was already like kind of heavy footed already, and I think he gained like twenty thirty pounds from the season. So I don't know how how that's gonna even help is where he was already bad at without hindering what he was good at at the same time. Like if you compare him to like Marcus Bingham, he's I think he's a lot more fluid of an athlete. Just how they go up, I don't I think Betty Yako's slower, um, both very lengthy. Um, he's probably closer in that class of a prospect where he's gonna he's gonna get opportunities. I just don't like he played like seventeen minutes last year. I don't know how much that goes up. Maybe a little bit more twenty twenty five. Yeah, this not... Alabama roster is stacked with front court players who are like all okay college guys, but not necessarily like they're all guys who I'm like, oh, okay, he's all right. Uh, I'm trying to pull up their roster now, um, just because there's a couple names who who stood out to me. You know, Darius Miles is more of a forward, but he's kind of you know more of an inside type guy. Uh, Noah Gurley, um, you know, there's a lot of guys who Noah Clowney is a freshman who probably won't play much, but I liked him all right out of high school, actually. So like, like there's some like size on this roster and Oates likes to play small too. So I'm interested to see what his role looks like, but yeah, I, I definitely think, like I said, we're, we're going to know this year, Betty Ako is going to be a guy or he's not going to be a guy. And we're going to know at the end of the 2022, 2023 season. Um, yeah, I think, I think we should probably cut Stone off on the Betty Ako propaganda. Uh, really quickly, let's talk about Javon Quinterly because he's someone who I can't help but be intrigued by. Uh, you know, obviously kind of had one of the more interesting starts to his college career. I can personally remember with that weird stuff at Villanova and he wanted out and transferred to Alabama has looked pretty good. Like, like, uh, you know, has some efficiency struggles, especially took like major uh, efficiency drops from uh, his his like, sophomore to junior year, or third to fourth year, depending on how you want to list that out. Um, but I think this, the name of the game with JQ is advantage creation, advantage creation, advantage creation. Um, Hunter, what's kind of your general your general vibe of Javon Quinterly? Um, he's fun. Even with like like we see with Jaden Bradley, I think he's more reliant on using screens. Javon can just like blow past, get it get to the second level of the defense, and super crafty on the rim. I don't think his rim finishing numbers are that impressive because he, when once he gets to the rim, he's super small. Um, but he has to rely on his craft more than anything. He's fun. I mean, I don't know if you guys consider him more of a fake shooter because he peaked with that uh, redshirt sophomore season and then fell back off. I think we'll see around the same, like, 35, probably the middle ground. Him as a shooter, um, lowish release. I don't think 
he projects as that. I think he's more of um going to be someone that's going to put up numbers in the G League more than anything. I don't think um, a team's going to draft him considering he's old, really old. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I can't help but love Quinterly, even though he's probably not an NBA player. Um, he reminds me a lot of Cat Barber from NC State, who played a few years for um, College Park Skyhawks, I want to say, the the Hawks G League affiliate, whatever that team is. I always get uh, them and the Pelicans G League affiliate mixed up. Anyways, uh, Cat Barber could could really uh, <laughs> could really he was just fast. He was just really fast. I I mean. Honestly, having the ability to get paint touches out of isolation is a skill uh, that that has value at the NBA. Q's issue is that he just he's not really good at converting it in any way, whether it be at the rim. Um, his passing isn't great. If he could just learn to be do something with that rim pressure he creates, I think it would go a long way. And I think maybe he would be a legitimate prospect. The age you mentioned is tough. He's already twenty three. Uh, he will be 24 by the time of next year's draft. So probably not a draftable guy, but I, I don't know. I, I think there's, he's at least fun. He's at least someone I want to talk about uh, just real fast to say nothing else other than the standstill burst is like top tier. I wish it would have worked out at Villanova and he could have been one and done instead of being 24 before he goes drafted. Uh, Coopstone, do you guys have anything to say real fast on, on JQ? Uh, I'm pro jelly fam i'm anti quinterly and uh not not to say i, I don't hope that he succeeds because you know i i hope everyone succeeds and i think that he is a lot of fun i just don't find it very functional to an nba level um but we'll we'll see how it happens i know there's quinterly fans out there um and i to a point understand the intrigue um such as bryce but i i just don't find it nearly as as functional against nba level defenders absolute hater uh that's that's all i'm gonna do i'm gonna come out and say that stone is a hater anyone who disagrees with me is a hater uh just some quick numbers uh according to bart at the rim uh his last season scored nearly 62 percent of his attempts at the rim uh 4.3 only 4.3 percent of them were assisted that is like 90, nearly 96% of his at rim attempts were self-generated with just his speed. And that is like a premium skill. Uh, and I mean, he finishes at the rim fine. 61% is better than a lot of guys who are like four or five inches taller than him. It's like right at the line where it's, is he a good finisher? Is he a bad finisher? Uh, I'm not too nervous about it. I just wish there was other stuff there. Uh, like Bryce was talking about, if he could do anything else that like that I believed in at an NBA level, I think that he would maybe be worth a look. He's just so old. Uh, you know, maybe something kind of clicks this year. And, you know, if the, the passing looks a little bit more real, then, I mean, maybe he's a, a really cool undrafted guy. Uh, he's someone I'm a fan of, even if he's maybe not the most NBA caliber guy. I will say, too, I think there's a chance that Quinterly like goes off in the tournament like I feel like he's built for that like they make it to March and he has like two straight 30 point games or something like oh yeah he's built different for sure <laughs> okay that's enough from Stone for tonight uh we're kicking him off the pod uh before we before we wrap things up Hunter I want to throw it's kind of back to you is there anyone else who on this team who you think is at least worth kind of being in the back of the minds of of people who love the NBA draft um uh, yeah i would say noah Clowney. he brings like intrigue as like a two-way forward that can shoot um defend a little bit he he wasn't like projected to like, play at all basically uh coming into the summer really impressed um over in spain playing against like the chinese national team and of such really impressed i think he could get more minutes than most think which is probably like 12 to 15 maybe more um Probably a multi-year guy considering his high school like notoriety. I don't think he's he's more off the radar right now. But he's just someone I think is fun and keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh I he's someone who I caught a, a couple uh AAU games of and I was 
I thought stood out. And I'm like, oh, he's going to Alabama? Probably for a reason. I think Nate Oates can really recruit his ass off. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that's about all except for, Hunter, one last thing. What do you think this team's kind of upside is as a college team? We've talked a lot about NBA prospects and, and all that stuff. What do you think, like, this team could really accomplish? Could they win the SEC? Are they real national titles contenders? Do you think they're a step below that? What's kind of the maybe the, the rose-colored glasses upside and then the more realistic upside? Where do you start at with, with this team in general? So, I, yeah, I would, I would consider them probably a step below. Just consider they don't have, like, some massive returning, like, creator, guard ta- guard forward talent. Like, somewhere in that range. We don't only, we'd only have that. So it's more reliant on just projection, who's going to take the jump. Um, I could see them making a second weekend, potentially. Um, I don't think this team's as good as the one that won the SEC and was number two seed. But they should be fun, at least. And they'll be they'll be fairly young with uh, underclassmen. And building up from there with the 2023 um, high school class. Uh, realistically, though, uh, probably a – between like a four, four and like a seven seed, I would say that range. Yeah, I think I think that's about fair. I kind of see them being kind of a a, a more mid tier kind of fringe contender who, say, Javon Quinterly or Jaden Bradley get hot, could then maybe see themselves mm-hmm. in like the elite eight. But I, I'm with you where where championship is such a stretch. I, the, I think the only way championship happens is if Brandon Miller plays like like step below freshman KD is like one of the best freshmen in the country. And I think that's, that's a bit of uh, hyperbole. Um, but Hunter, this has been great. We can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, just let people know, you know, all the stuff you do uh, tag yourself, all uh, everything. This is great. So I'm on Twitter at Hunter Cruz 14. Um, a lot of WNBA stuff over there right now, but I'll also be gearing up more towards the NBA draft side as well. As we get closer to the cycle season kicking off, um, yeah, you can find me over there. I'm on YouTube as well. It's my name, Hunter Cruz. Um, and yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Go follow uh, Hunter Cruz on YouTube. I love, I love all his stuff he does there. Uh, just released a Kelsey Plum video. Who, uh, you know, I'll, I'll forgive for going to UW because she's so cool. Uh, yeah, uh, this has been great uh, for Coop at Ellie underscore Oop underscore Coop for Stone at Report underscore Court. I'm at Bryce Century fourteen again. Follow uh, at Hunter Cruz fourteen. Uh, him and I have similar nomenclature there in our in our uh, naming conventions on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, this has been awesome. This has been the episode. We once again like to thank our sponsors at GlobalShopSolution.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thank you.